that God bless you. Thanks, Hal. Um, I, you know, the, the desire for so many of us as you're walking with the Lord is you want to reproduce yourself. You, you want to be able to sow into people. You want to model a, a Christian life that's going to establish solid Christians. And uh, so that's really my desire. So one thing I'm known for is a pad and a pen. I, I can't live without a, a, a pen in my pocket. My kids get nervous when I walk into the living room when they were smaller and I'd have my pad and pen with me. They'd say, oh no, here comes dad, what's on his mind? Um, I want to introduce my daughter, Joanna, here. If you just stand. This is my... She's my favorite. I have another daughter watching, and her name is Nanette, and she's online. And her husband, Jérôme, and they're Bélangers. And um, I wanted to maybe mention, just before I get started, uh, Nanette and Jérôme, uh, Jérôme's father, Jean-Marc Bélanger, um, has cancer, and he's been going through some pretty heavy treatments. So he flies from the Yukon down to Vancouver for the treatments, comes back and is quarantined and has very little time between having to go back and quarantine again and quarantine again. And he's really been on my heart. And this summer we had a chance to meet them and they're, they're such a beautiful uh, family. And um, so we've, and he saw me at my weakest, some of you saw me this summer at my weakest after a heart attack. And so breathing was difficult and, and here Jean-Marc was watching me and here he is today. Um, and I thought if you would join me in prayer, you know, just to be able to lift him up and have an invasion. So Father, I just say thank you for Jean-Marc and I say thank you for your hand that is on his life and how he has been touched by you and how he loves you, Lord. So my prayer tonight, our prayer tonight, Lord God, is that your kingdom would invade his home, his life, his body. And uh, Lord, that you would bless him. And we curse that cancer in the name of the Lord Jesus. And we release divine health into his body. Let every cell that comes from you, Lord, be creative and growing and and everything that has to do with healing, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. I wonder uh, if we could share that first uh, slide. I, I don't know if I'm able to see that. Is it up at all? It's there. So we'll just go through kind of one at a time. You know, we were singing, these are well-chosen songs, art, uh, for tonight, for last night. And um, we need a move. But, but I want to say, and if you can grab that, we're in a move. We've got to change our vocabulary right now from what and future to now. And all that we have witnessed as a church body here over the last few months, we've watched the phenomenal growth 
and our desire is to be able to see stability and strength come under each and every one and that we're not just experience oriented though I never want to discount that but we've got to be people that our word and, and the foundation of our life must be in here so everything you experience find the scriptures and let it be foundation under you that will support your experience and the the better we build now even with brand new christians or returning christians back to their walk with god uh years ago uh, before i became a minister a pastor i i was in drafting and design so i worked for engineering companies and did a lot of drafting. The companies I worked for built refineries and chemical plants. So I was a pipe designer and a draftsman for that. And so I like lines. You'll see a lot of my shirts are, you know, a lot of this. Nancy says, can't you get any other shirts? Why did you buy that one? Look, you have all these others that are the same. <laughs> And if you know my wife at all, she's an artist, and she doesn't do well with lines. I say to people, rainbows come out of her, and she's always coloring outside the lines. So for me, because I'm a draftsman, lines are very important. So in, when, I, when we moved from um, California, Nancy's from California, I spent 20 years in L.A. Our ch home church sent us to the Yukon, and we spent uh, more than 30 years in the Yukon. So Nanette was born up there. Basically, Joanna and, uh, and John, our other son, um, uh, were raised up in the U were Yukoners, were northerners right and um so when i was up there there's times often and if you were to take a survey across canada or the united states you would find many pastors that are bivocational it's not uncommon at all and we don't mind it the call is so strong in our heart whatever is needed to support your family or to support yourself so here i was when i was pastoring i started a business uh, called turner drafting services and uh, so i had in my office if you came there there'd be a large drafting table you know with all the equipment and people that wanted plans drawn from their house had to come to church and uh, so I did many house plans, but one of the calls, well, one of the responsibilities was to go into an existing building, and I was a, a foundation inspector. So we would hear reports, and so I would go in, and I don't like crawl spaces. I don't like spiders. I'm, I'm claustrophobic. <laughs> And, but here I'd be in these crawl spaces just measuring and looking at all the foundation and support and, and making reference to that so that they could strengthen it. Another time I was actually in construction in uh, what year now? 2005 in, in Surrey. I was a pastor in transition. You know, that became quite a common word. I've even heard other, I'm in transition. I know exactly what that means. But I ended up in construction. 
and from the very pit, the, the hole you dig all the way up to a third floor tilts up panels, but, but I learned. And uh, so foundations you find are so critically important. I'm saying that because it is so important for you and me to have solid foundations in your Christian walk. It's, it's not just thoughts and then vacillating or up and down in our Christian walk like this. The Holy Spirit has been given to stabilize us, to help build us up, to help reproduce and form in you and me the very nature of Jesus Christ. We are partakers of his divine nature. You get to taste it, and once you taste it, it is such a beautiful nature. And to find out we were created to be conformed to his image. So I realized that as Christ, for Christianity, for church gathering, we have systematic ways. You know, we are getting so busy that it is exactly the way it was in the Jesus People movement when Nancy and I were saved. So we were saved in Southern California. For me, in 1970, I was flipping out on acid, and it, and it was a bad acid, as if there is a good acid. <laughs> But this one was cut with strychnine a little bit more than, and I can honestly hear, feel the, uh, my brain cells were, were being burned and damaged. And friends of mine on the same drug ended up in mental institutes. So I was on drugs for about seven years before God invaded my world. And so he came in at this scene along a river and, and um, he made himself known to me. He instantly took me down off the drug. And I began walking up and down the river where I was and saying, you created this and you created that. I was having an encounter and my spirit came alive for the first time. The breath of God came into my spirit and I was born again and became conscious of a whole other realm of life that I had no idea that it even existed before. So it's as the song says, I once was blind, but now I see, you know? And so you enter into that, but I met the power and presence of God. There were about five of us, and the first word out of my mouth when the power of God came down was, Father, my spirit knew who he was. My head, my understanding, my makeup didn't. But out of my spirit came the cry, Father. So when I went into the tent where all the others were, you know, with their, their stuff, and uh, all I could say was, Father. I couldn't speak. I was caught up. And this friend that was with me, I didn't know it at the time, but was a backslidden Christian, you know, flipping out on the same, but God used him. And as he spoke to me, I, things were calming down, but when I went into the tent and said, Father, this mighty rushing wind came. You know, all I, you could hear it. And the whole tent would light up, and this friend would begin to talk about God. And then it got confusing again, and we we're passing all this stuff around, and I'd say, Father, and you know, and the whole tent would light up and he'd begin to talk. Well, I was only one of thousands that this was happening to. 
all over Southern California, there was this tangible presence of God. You know, I said last night, you couldn't even bow your head to say grace without this. <laughs> His presence would come and you'd forget all about your food because you were learning his presence. You see, what I felt I wanted to talk to you uh, the last, last night and tonight was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But really, more than doctrine, we, we've come to learn how to fight one with another on our doctrines and the pride that we seem to come up with that divides us one from another. When, when here went this past Wednesday when I was preparing, I felt I was sitting there and I was looking over my notes and I was, you know, talking to God, listening to worship. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit said to me, it's about, he says, I just want to dwell with you. But when he said it, it came so full of his heart, it broke me. And I was realizing at that moment, the contrast wasn't about discussing a doctrine or discussing, you know, speaking in tongues, which I highly believe is the evidence of being full of the Holy Spirit. But all that put aside, the Lord was reminding me, I just want to dwell with you. When he created Adam, he just he created a man in his own image that he could have fellowship with, that he could commune with. And we know the story for 4,000 years. But sadly, within the church, we start moving into doctrine. I'm for doctrine, just so you understand that. It's solid, and it belongs as a foundation under me. But more than anything else, what I met along that riverbank was his presence. And something inside of me stirred and, and put a hunger in me. I want your presence. And it was worth it. Even at, I didn't meet another Christian for six months after that. My friends thought I flipped out, ended up on this religious trip, you know. But, but I would be able to come home and uh, after work, I'd kneel down by my bed, and here was this presence. God kept teaching me his presence. And my favorite scripture from way, way back, it's almost, well, it's more than 50 years now. But my favorite scripture was in Psalm 16, verse 11, and it says, in your presence is what? You want to help finish it? Fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Where else would we want to live except in that? You know, scriptures, I absolutely love it. For two months before I met the Lord, I was reading it. You know, I was into Yogananda before that and uh, self-realization center and chanting Om. <laughs> you know, and there was a false measure of peace in it. So many of us seem to be attracted in it. But, but it didn't take long, like with Calvary Chapel. We had a church, well, we were going to Calvary Chapel, Chuck Smith, and they had a church that might have sat 200 people. By the time we would drive an hour to get there by, by the beach, we'd end up on the patio, so they'd have all these chairs on the patio with sliding glass doors wide open, and this man named Lonnie Frisbee, you know, sawed-off beard. They were one of the first long beard season of time, 
you know, it's, it's come back. <laughs> you know, but Lonnie would just sit on his stool and begin to talk. And as he spoke, people began to be healed. People began to be born again. And people began to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, it didn't take long that they had to set up a circus tent that sat two or 3,000 people. And within a month, that tent was full. It was a move of God. There was such a conscious, tangible presence of God. I live for his presence. It frustrates Nancy sometimes, my wife, because I'd be having experiences, and she wasn't quite having the same, and she'd kind of be upset at me, <laughs> you know? So one, one time I had a vision that lasted an hour. I'm only going to touch a thought in that. And it was a Mel Gibson movie, all in slow motion, full of color. And, you know, and, and at the end of that hour, the Lord says to me, that's all for today. You know? <laughs> and, but, but all that happened in there, you could fill volumes, okay, in, in that. But uh, so Nancy's, you know, been praying, she, and she says that to me. She says, look, I'm praying, and I'm fasting, and I'm reading, and, and you just go and kneel down, and God shows up. It isn't always that way, you know. But anyhow, learning to cultivate his presence. When I was drafting with this large company, Fleur Corporation was a very large corporation and might have been thousands of uh, draftsmen and designers. Back in the day when we used to use slide rules. Anybody know what a slide rule is? Yeah, one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> you know, they're slide rules. Before they, uh, the Texas instrument came out, you know, with their calculators. And, um, but I'd be there drafting, and all of a sudden this breeze would come by. You know, and I'm in a, a warehouse of people drafting, and tears would come to my eyes because of his presence. And I'd say, Father, what are you doing? You know, and I, there's, I say, not here, not here. <laughs> People aren't going to know what's going on with me. <laughs> you know, but it's that part again, and that when you open the scriptures and they come alive to you because his presence, the presence and the word are the same. You know, I, uh, so learning that, you know, being able to be somebody that says, I know when I open up the Bible, God speaks to me, and to find out this is what brought such healing to my brain. You know, when I hear about emotional issues and all kinds of other things, I know it looks good, eh? It covers me. But I found the more I read this, Proverbs 3 was probably a key verse, and I gave it to Jean-Marc this past weekend. I called him and prayed for him, and I said, Jean-Marc, you need to read Proverbs 3. Because it talks about how the word of the Lord is health to my navel. I don't know how they translate that in French. You know, health to my navel and health to my bones and, and to my muscles. So I, really, so I believe that. If, if you're having difficulty, if oppression or brain or, or think too much or whatever, I'm saying consume the scriptures and you're going to see change and transformation. You're going to see peace. You're going to see supernatural peace come into a person's life. So, uh, you know, I think I've, I've 
uh, settled the, the issue of foundation. These are all teachings all of their own. You could spend so much time in that area. And then when after I got saved, I mentioned I didn't meet another Christian for six months. So all of a sudden, I was invited to a prayer meeting somewhere at a, at a house. And they were all old people, older than me at the time. So they might have been 40 with suits. <laughs> and, and I came there, you know, and I'd been reading about the Holy Spirit all that day. God was preparing me. And I went with friends, and as I, we came into the place, the first thing I noticed was this same presence was there in that house that I had been learning. And I was really attracted. My friend just started to weep uncontrollably. I've done that before, but I, it was all new to me. So here he is next to me, just sobbing away. And the people at the meeting asked me to pray for him. And I said, I have no idea what you're asking me to do. And so then they said to me, have I received the Holy Ghost? And just like uh, uh, Acts 19, I don't know whether there even is a Holy Ghost, you know? And so then they said, well, let, let's pray for you. And they laid hands on me. And they said, uh, say, praise the Lord. And I said, praise the Lord. And then they said, say, hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. And then they said, and next thing you know, it started flowing out of me. I found myself waking up on the living room uh, carpet after about 20 minutes of just speaking in tongues in a language I had never learned. And I want to add a thought that because of some of the things that were touched tonight is the following Saturday, there was such a wrestling in me trying to keep me from going to the meeting. I, I can't tell you, and, and there was such fear. If you'd have known me, Nancy is the only one that knew me from the past. I mean, I was paranoid. I would sit in the back row of any meeting after that, and then uh, when the meeting was over, I'd bolt. I was afraid that somebody would come up to me and say hi to me and require something from me. I was so paranoid, and my brain was so damaged from all the drugs I had taken. And um, so when I went into the meeting, I, well, I, I finally, I, I, the Holy Spirit helped me get to this meeting on Saturday. When I walked in, it was so awkward. And th this was really a bad trip, if you know, anybody ever been there. You walk into a room, and nobody can look at each other, see, you know, you're just... And it was so awkward, everything inside of me. And as I was sitting there, this voice I had never learned before says, get out of here. Get out of here. Get out of here. And everything wanted, the, the spirit going on in me wanted to pick up the house and leave. I was the house. I went up to the man that was in charge and I said, I have no idea what's going on right now, but I can't handle this. And he took me to the next room, laid his hands on me, and I was delivered. It was so powerful. So 
you know, I, the way I felt and the way I try to explain it, I, w I felt like I was standing on the edge of the world, bellowing into all the universe this unknown language that I had never spoken before. It just bellowed out. I was weeping and I was, I was laughing, I was shaking, and I was delivered. And the first thing I saw happen in my life, the very next day I was home, it, it was like I needed to bring order to my life. My house was not in order. My, my life wasn't really in order. So one of the things I found that happens with the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit comes, he brings order into your life. Just like he did in Genesis 1, when the world was without form and void, and he brooded over the, over the world. He's doing exactly the same thing with you and me. The Holy Spirit is brooding over us, bringing order where there was chaos, bringing peace where there was no peace. And so I had to start cleaning my house and bringing order back into my life. So that's part of my history back back in, in those days. One of the things I felt, um, if I can com somehow communicate this, is one of the, some of the characteristics with the Holy Spirit comes a, a person, comes a kingdom. It's kingdom life. And, and when he comes, the things you used to be interested in, all of a sudden, you're not interested anymore. And the things you didn't think mattered all of a sudden become the most important thing in your life. I just want to be with Jesus. When we sing that song, it's been a while since we've sung that, I love, I love, I love your presence. Yeah, that would melt me from the first time I heard that song, and it still impacts me today. So we, for Jesus People Movement, it became known as a Jesus. Everywhere we went, we were saying, Jesus loves you. Jesus bless you. It's all about Jesus. We'd get together, and we'd all be having our Bibles open if you went to somebody's house. There was such a hunger for God's presence. There was no hunger for anything else that was taking place. But I want to share just a few of the things that uh, happened with me. Number one is a deep awareness of the presence of God. And I find in all the way through here, I just kept putting deep, deep, because it's not surface. When the Holy Spirit comes, when you come alive in your innermost being, there's a depth and a cry that is going into the depth of God's heart. You don't want just a surface. You don't want to just come to a meeting. You know, to be able to leave and say, I met with God tonight. Yeah. Or God said this to me and my life was changed. You know, I, I'm forgetting about all these <laughs> slides back here. This, this is one with Sean uh, Foich. And all over the United States, he's mobile right now. I'd encourage you, you know, get, get onto either his Facebook or something. Let Us Worship is the title. They've made a logo in that. But they've been meeting all over the United States, attracting thousands. 
I saw some pictures that looked just like the Jesus people days when we were on the beach baptizing hundreds and hundreds of space cadets. <laughs> Grounding people. <laughs> but this whole idea of deep, deep awareness of the presence of God, a deep love for God and others, you know, all I could do was weep. <laughs> it almost seemed for years I just wept at the, at the touch of God. We all respond differently, you know, to his presence. For me, when, it, when he comes in and visits on the scene, there's a tenderness that comes. It quiets me, and I want to go deep into a communion with him. So, so that love just uh, came so alive to me. And as I mentioned earlier, I wasn't somebody that could communicate with people. I was so afraid, you know, to be around people. It took the Lord a year and a half to get me to prophesy, meaning he was trying to get me to prophesy for a year and a half. Every church I would go to, meetings I would go to, this presence would come upon me. And scriptures, this is the way God works with me anyhow, scriptures would just begin to flow all the way through, echoing, you know, just everywhere. And, and the Holy Spirit has a beautiful way of taking uh, the word of the Lord into a tapestry. It just so dovetails. There's nothing contradictory in here. That's why I use the term when people say contradiction. I say maybe apparent contradiction. But if you really read it and study it, it is in such harmony, you know, with that. So, so here I, you know, I, I'd be in a meeting and all this activity was going on in me and I couldn't do it. I'd leave and I, I, I'd be in tears. I'd say, Father, forgive me. Next time I'll do it. I promise. Next time I'll do it. Next time we'd come, <clears throat> you know. And it took a year and a half, and I was in this one church where Nancy and I got married in the Assembly of God Church in Covina. And over a 1,000 people were in the church. And, then, and this was all going on. Nancy knows that if I start fidgeting and, and something's going on, you know, there's just all this engagement happening. And all of a sudden, I ended up, I bellowed out in tongues. And the whole place quieted down. And, and then I went into English. And I'm King James, right? So what's the first word that comes out of our mouth? Thus saith the Lord. <laughs> and that, that puts enough fear into people. <laughs> I don't do that anymore. <laughs> But I ended up, thus saith the Lord, and I prophesied all these scriptures that were going on in me, you know, and slowly. But it's taken a long time to break out of fear, you know, and to be able to speak or to share. So a deep love for God and for others, a deep personal conviction of sin. And I want to say there, the altars remain full. We're talking years. We didn't know a service without altar calls. And you'd have to push chairs way back. And there was not even any room for you to come. I don't, th so this right here, as I said, is uh, Sean Foyt. What's the next one after? Same thing, you know, one of Sean's gatherings. They're coming by the thousands. The next one, this is at Mario Murillo, just probably two weeks ago, he's got tent meetings, and people are, 500 or so are outside the tent, 
sitting down. But I want to say the move is here again. Okay? And, and for us who have known it, it is such a deep cry in our heart. One of my favorite scriptures in Ezra, and it talks when the foundation was finished, it says the worshipers began to worship and instruments began to play. And then it says, and the young men began to rejoice and the old men began to weep. And he said they couldn't tell the, the difference in the sound between the old men weeping and the young men rejoicing. And I said, Father, one of these days, I'm going to be in that setting. And, and many are just going to be rejoicing in the newness, the freshness, the vibrancy of the life in Christ. And some of us are just going to be weeping with joy, knowing you're here again. And so there's been so much prayer over this past year. It has a, a shadow that's been hanging around that's kind of brought us to our place of prayer. But I, I believe the church of Jesus Christ over this past year has been in a praying mode like never before, especially in our time. It could have been as other revivals were being born. So I believe God is listening. <laughs> you know, his ears are so attentive. I always say he bows every time a prayer starts going up. He bows because his heart is in it and he wants to answer. He wants so badly to commune with you, you know? And it's being in a place where you can even be quiet before him. No one had to teach me. Do you know that? Now, I grew up Catholic, so I knew what it was like to be on my knees. You know, saying the prayers I was saying, but I did learn knees. And so out of habit, the first thing I would do if I got up in the morning on my knees, you know, before I went to bed on my knees, Every opportunity I needed to talk to God had to be on my knees. And then we would feel, like I said, the altar was year after year after year. And it was deep repentance. I had another one here on that. It says, a deep personal conviction of sin. You know, we seem today, I'm, I'm watching where conviction isn't so deep. And people are sorry, but th there may not be a change. So to be able to have that deep, godly sorrow that Paul talks about, I think all of us need to come to that. Uh, and I don't, I don't believe uh, repentance ever stops. It's something that is ongoing. I, I thought I, the way I explained it in my earlier days, if I was doing carpet time, nobody had, I didn't see any model of carpet time. You know, it wasn't so much in the churches. It seemed more knees and bowed and broken. But all of a sudden, here, I'd come home and I'd be on my face before God, seeking him, wanting him, and just broken. Uh, you know, there's times I, I feel that my spirit was weeping and I had no tears coming out of my eyes. The, the pain and the depth of the sorrow was so deep. And I felt waves of God's presence going back and forth over me. And I was being transformed. And I continue today to be transformed. But the greatest thing you and I could ever do, it's a pursuit after our Father. You see, Jesus came to model who his Father was. We're, we want to go after all the gifts, and it's good. But nothing can do uh, take the place of 
your time with your Heavenly Father. And the Holy Spirit's responsibility is to teach you and me how to say, Abba, <laughs> Abba, Father, and then experience an intimacy that wasn't there a moment ago. And out of it, for me, again, I'll just, I just break, you know, and, and just love being in that presence. So a deep ongoing, a, a deep personal conviction of sin, a deep ongoing repentance, his great kindness leads us to repentance. You see, it's not the condemnation message, the judgment message, you're going to hell, you, you know, everything that it goes with that spirit. It's not the Father's heart. There may be times when the warnings need to be strong with somebody, but it's not the general message. People have used so often the, the turning over of the money tables to justify a position they've taken and to find out that may have only been one little part of Jesus' life. And they're modeling their whole life after that one act to justify wrong behavior in the name of the Lord. So when I was in Quebec, I remember, and I was ministering there, it was the Father's heart is, is what was, I could feel it. It was a fatherless province. And that's totally a whole other story. But to find out, for God so loved, and I was using this, for God so, car Dieu a tant aimé Québec. Il a donné son fils. And uh, so that God's so love, and I realized at that point, God hasn't changed his heart. He's not angry. He still so loves. And your call in mine as carriers of the kingdom of God is to model and demonstrate the love of God. Is the love of God coming through you? So we'd be ministering in Quebec like we normally would do on the streets or in parks. And, and it's so beautiful when you start talking to somebody and then tears start coming and then they say to you, I don't know why I'm crying. And then you'd say, it's because of the love of the Father that's present. You see, that's the greatest fishing tool <laughs> that you and I could ever, ever possess. A radical change in transformation. God requires change. He loves us when he, the way he found us is that the way that goes? But he loves us too much to see us stay the same. Okay, and I could use maybe other areas in that. But, but the whole idea that God's love is to produce change in you and me. You know, I've had some people argue doctrine with me, sadly. And I said, if you want to talk with me, let's just talk about Jesus. It was a safe place to go. You know, we didn't have to argue. I don't like arguing doctrine and theology. Show me Jesus. Tell me what, how much time do you spend with him? You know, and, and anyhow, that's another area. A deep love for the scriptures. I, man, I could spend so much time there because that's what I love. One of the, the best things I love is to get in. And people say, well, I'm dyslexic. Was that the right way to say it? <laughs> get it backwards there. Um, or they've had, they've had, it's been hard for them to read. 
And I'll say, you know, you got to start, and the Holy Spirit will help you. You know, and I'm a King James person, so that frustrates some people, you know, but, but <laughs> you don't have to emphasize that. So it's what I grew up in, and the Holy Spirit it always talks King James to me. So I, I don't know what's wrong. <laughs> All right. But anyhow, a love, a love, a deep love, a deep love for the scriptures. Don't just take anything that is said from pulpit or videos or whatever. Prove all things. Study. You study. <laughs> We're all to be students in that. A radical change, transformation, deep love for scriptures. Looking at the time, Rick. Uh, <clears throat> a deep love for prayer and communion with God. You know, it, the Holy Spirit has to teach us how to pray. So my favorite words, teach me. I don't even know how to talk to you. Teach me how to talk to you. Teach me how to love you. I don't even know how to love you. You're asking something that is, you know, when he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, you know, but just teach me um, in prayer and in communion. And if we could really learn that uh, prayer is not always asking, that word communion, I just want to commune with you. Out of it comes answers. Out of it comes revelation. Out of it comes his heart. All right, almost finished. A deep love for fellowship. Where, and, you know, where people say, just me and Jesus, but I, I don't need the body. That is such a lie. It's no different than the COVID attempt today to separate, divide, and keep the church. That's why I just love, I look forward to coming to church because there's such life and excitement, and you get to meet new people. You get to touch people in the spirit one with another deep fellowship and a deep love for sharing your faith so you know there's something so special about being able to do all of that okay I'm gonna leave that at that for tonight man it was totally different than last night um, the baptism of the Holy Spirit I knew I was supposed to touch that oh let, let's show that that next one that you know I found that somewhere somebody had posted and I I had to there's Devon D right there in front <laughs> he always has to be in front you know <laughs> I can't see that that would be photoshopped it, it's too complex but it just shows you and what I'm really wanting to communicate we see such neat pictures you know, with this little match on top of these disciples' heads, you know, 12 of them, you know, just little little matches. But you and I, there's something deep in us that's crying out for an outpouring that you and I will absolutely be consumed with. And, and that's where the transformation occurs. How much of the Holy Spirit do you want? You know, how much do you want God, of God? How much of the scriptures do you want to understand? How much do you want to understand of this new kingdom that we're being taught? In the new kingdom, there's new language. There's new ways of looking at things. There's a new way of speaking to one another. Uh, they, it, anyhow, I'll leave that at that. There's transformation that occurs. 
when I first met him, when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, drugs left instantly. Amen. You know, when I was baptized with the Holy Spirit. Within a week later, I stopped smoking cigarettes and the others. <laughs> Didn't think you'd ever have to qualify that. I smoke salmon when I'm up north, so people from Los Angeles say, what do you mean by that, you know? <laughs> so, but anyhow, just, to, and, and I cut my hair, I brought order, and then he changed my language. You know, I said last night that one time, and it has only been once, where I said the word damn, so I might have been six, it's three times now, because I said it last night, yeah. <laughs> and this brother in Christ that was with me, his eyes just went big. Today, when we, if we were to hear Christians use certain language, maybe our eyes wouldn't even be big anymore. We tolerate. But the Holy Spirit convicted me to change my language. And being in the army for two years, I know what a mouth can sound like, right? And all of a sudden that changed. So the worst word I began to say was garbage. But one time it came out so strong that it was just as if I'd sworn. It had nothing to do with the word. It was just what came out of my heart. But just to say that the Lord is in the process, it takes a lifetime for you and me to be changed and conform to his image. Why don't you stand with me, please? I, I, I want to say tonight that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for all of us. It, it is not uh, something that ceased with the apostles, number one. It is something for you and me, for my kids, for my grandkids, and as many as are far off. I believe that speaking in tongues is, is the evidence of being full and overflowing. And it's, it's amazing. I was reading today how the enemy has tried everything he can to keep Christians from speaking in tongues. Like it, it can go so far and then the mind engages and we enter this battle when you have access to a very powerful key of speaking in an unknown language. So it's ours to have. You always trust many that are here have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm at a point in my life where I need to be full again. I, I need a, an outpouring of his spirit again over my life to consume me. I don't think I touched earth or ground for, I don't know, I want to say eight years. I felt God had a hold of my rapture hook that was right here and just walked me through transformation in, in all of that. I said rapture, isn't that? Just join me in prayer. And if you'd like prayer afterwards, the altars are open. If uh, you need to be refilled with the Holy Spirit, come. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, he's knocking. All he wants to do is he wants in. He wants to commune with you. He wants to fellowship with you. He paid a, a severe price for you and me to come into relationship with God, all right? And your sins are forgiven. So uh, being born again, being full of the Holy Ghost, establishing yourself, making commitments to God. I've got dates in my Bible where I made commitments, and they're etched. 
So Father, we say thank you for tonight. Thank you for the privilege of serving you. Thank you, Lord, that we can come together. And my prayer right now, Lord, is you know the hearts of each and every one and all that's going on in lives and demands. But I pray, Father, for a fresh outpouring of your Holy Spirit all over Kelowna that will bring Christians back together again and more than anything will bring lives back into harmony with you. So I pray blessing on each individual. I pray blessing, fresh blessing on each and every marriage that are represented here. I pray for the, the spirit of, of keeping on going <laughs> in Jesus' name. I pray your blessing on families and on all that makes people up here in this house. And give us wisdom and direction as we lead from day to day and week to week. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.